Aloha, mamá. Sorry por responder hasta ahora. Estuve toda la tarde con mi unidad arreglando un helicóptero Black Hawk. Hawái es increíble. Luego te cuento más. Te quiero. Be all you can be. Visitando goarmy.com diagonal español. Boost Mobile tiene una gran oferta para que aproveches tu reembolso de impuestos al máximo y te mantengas conectado. Al cambiarte a Boost, recibe un 50% de descuento en tu primer mes de datos ilimitados. O, con un plan ilimitado de 40 dólares, llévate un Samsung Galaxy A15 5G por $39.99. Obtén los mejores teléfonos en las redes 5G más grandes del país. Con Boost Mobile, cambiarse es fácil. Solo visita BoostMobile.com. Boost Mobile, sin miedo al éxito. Para clientes nuevos y solamente en línea, requiere AroPay. 50% de descuento en el primer mes requiere un plan de 25 dólares al mes. Aplican otras restricciones. Visita Boost Mobile. Hay gente a la que le encanta el McCrispy y hay gente que nunca ha probado el McCrispy. Pero todavía no conocemos a nadie que lo haya probado y no le guste. Para pa pa pa. Our most important work is not only raising our children, but also raising our children to be kind and inclusive members of society. Race and inclusion are crucial topics to discuss with our little ones. But when do we do it? Or how do we do it? Those are usually our biggest questions that we struggle with. Today, Zoila Darton, founder of Word, a creative agency committed to cultural storytelling, joins us to guide us through this topic through her eyes. We read the books. We bought the things. We thought we were ready. And then life took our plans and changed them. I'm Karen. I'm Victoria's mommy. And I work in tech. And I'm Pamela. I have a baby boy named Ford, and I'm a journalist. And although we're both first-time working moms, we're actually pretty different. And that's totally okay, because we both agree that our most important work is raising our kids. We really need each other and can only get through this together. Welcome to Motherish Moments. So hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode. We have an incredible guest today to discuss a very important subject. We always like to share a little something about ourselves so people get to know us. So mm -hmm. as you, we have mentioned before, Karen and I are both Peruvians. Mm -hmm. I was born in Peru. I'm of Indian American, Asian, and Spaniard descent, according so, to, not a, not a yeah, 23 and me. No, like, <laughs> um, but I'm an immigrant in this country. I've always been very proud of my ethnicity. I have learned to embrace my accent, which I didn't know I had until I went away to school in Tallahassee when someone was like, oh, such a cute accent. I'm like, what accent? I don't have an accent. But, you know, that has been my reality. But the truth is that racial inequality persists in this country and we can't allow our children to be oblivious to this. Mm -hmm. In my case, I was born in Miami, raised in Miami. I've always lived here. My family is a Peruvian Cuban-Italian mix, so lots of fun, festive, etc. But I think because I've always lived in a city where everyone was somewhat similar or, you know, I went to school here, I also didn't leave or anything, it wasn't until I entered a global company for work where I was like, hold up, I'm, this is a minority? <laughs> I'm sorry. It was very confusing. And then I started kind of seeing things from a different perspective where I realized like, Oh, you know, especially working in tech, like you suddenly realize, like, I thought we were all on an even playing field. I don't think we are. Like a lot of my coworkers, I would hear their background or their stories. And I'm like, then inevitably just lead me to question, like, how the heck did I get here then? Who let me in? <laughs> you know, but yeah, so this is a really important topic, especially with everything, the social justice movement for last year. 
I think there's been a new level of awareness, which is long overdue, but I think our responsibility as mothers and parents overall is to make sure that we help shape this next generation the best way possible. And I think we start by making them aware of it, right? Because I think a lot of the I think mistakes we have made is that we don't acknowledge what is happening mm -hmm. in reality. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to start off like always with a motherish moment before we go on with our guest. You want to start, Karen? Yeah, my motherish moment is all about letting go. So, you know, I think I've been a little bit wanting to be on top of my game with everything, with motherhood, with Victoria, with what she eats, with when she sleeps and her milestones, whatever. And honestly, lately I'm just like, you want to eat watermelon for dinner? Cool. Enjoy. Like, I cannot have this constant battle. And like, at some point she's not going to want, she's going to want something else and it'll be better for her. And that's going to be great too. So I'm just working on letting go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So my motherish moment of the week was, so I've been spending a lot of extra time alone with Ford. My sister's back in New York. My mother has a new job. I just had of like the newborn bliss has yeah. faded away. <laughs> I was like, gotta go. <laughs> gotta go, bye. So I think my moment has been obviously alone time with my son. And I have learned that this is it, right? Yeah. I just think I've been more aware of how people always have good intention. But at the end of the day, it's it's on you. It's on you. So it's just kind of more of awareness of that, you know, like realization that... That's what it is. It's just, <laughs> it's just and again, I'm very grateful because I have other families involved and everyone. But when it comes down to it, you know, those early mornings and those moments is it's on you. Yeah. I mean, I'm celebrating them, but yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a like an ah, uh, okay moment yeah. that I had these yeah. past few days. So we're going to invite our guests to share her motherish moment before we formally introduce her. Yes. Soyla, tell us your motherish moment. Oh my goodness. I feel like. Every other moment is a motherish moment. <laughs> but I would have to say overall, recently, just kind of like in general, my motherish moment is actually feeling like I'm settling back into myself. My son is about to turn three actually this weekend on the 7th, my little Aww. Aquarius man. And it was a long journey away from myself. And now I feel like I'm finally coming back to myself in so many different ways, in business, with my friends, with my husband. And I have Dakota to thank for that because, you know, I think that it takes almost like a <laughs> out-of-body experience to recognize, you know, the parts about yourself that you really, really love and the parts that, you know, you need to soften maybe. And, you know, not that you don't love them, but I think even leaning deeper into the parts of yourself that you don't necessarily love so much. So I feel like I'm coming back to myself. And so that's my motherish moment right now. I love that. <laughs> but ask me in five minutes and it might be something <laughs> different. <laughs> So let me formally introduce Soyla Darton. She's Panamanian, Jamaican, Jewish from New York, currently living in Los Angeles. She's in the West Coast. She's passionate innovator, skilled connector, creative director with more than 10 years of success in the business of community building and marketing. Like we mentioned, she's the founder of Word, an LA-based creative agency committed to culture storytelling and conceptual ideation that puts creativity at the forefront while supporting advancement for women and marginalized communities. Now, it is obvious, Soyla, that this has to do with culture storytelling. You have, I guess, done a great job at intertwining, involving your personal story with your business as well. How important is your personal story for you? Yeah, you know, I feel like 
for me in particular, and I think if we can all kind of adopt this, like the business should be personal. And so when I went out on my own, and even prior to that, when I was working in music, I felt like to really be involved, I needed to be personally connected to what you know, the work that we're doing, especially when you're mar- you're in marketing, right? Like I, I can't market things that I don't believe in. Some people can do that and I applaud them, but I'm not that person. And I think that it took some time to find the flow, you know, business wise, because that meant saying no to things or only going after certain things. And as we know, diversity wasn't necessarily popular. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I really had to pave like a new lane for myself. And I think it's working out well because now I'm in a space where I know exactly what I want and I know exactly how I want to do it or kind of how I want to do it. I think that's part of how I'm coming back to myself too, because a, a big part of my career, a career was a big part of my identity prior to becoming a mother. And, you know, becoming a mom and running a business and not having any real help. You know, we're in LA, no family members. It was really tough, but it all works out. And I'm just happy to be here. And I'm happy that I can be a vessel and use my privilege to help other people tell their stories and feel seen. Because as a mixed person, you know, I'm Panamanian Jamaican and my mom is like white Jewish. It took me a long time to feel comfortable in my skin, you know, and even like understanding how to navigate the labels that people put on me or even the labels that I feel I need to put on myself and how do I exist in the different spaces of blackness and the different spaces of, you know, what Latinidad expects of me and even in the spaces of like what it means to be Jewish. When I was younger and I was in really highly intense, like white spaces, I would lead with Judaism. And I feel that that's so sad in a sense that I had to do that, you know, to feel like I was going to be accepted or safe in a space. And then for a long time, I led with Latinidad. And now I'm kind of just like, I'm black and <laughs> here we are. <laughs> It is what it is. Let's talk about Dakota. He's growing up in a very interesting time where, like you're saying, like diversity wasn't as popular before, for lack of a better term. But like you have a very important role as his mom on figuring out how do you position like, hey, Dakota, this is the world that we live in. How do you talk to him about how the world is? Um, There's so many different ways that I go about it, but I think... First and foremost is instilling positive affirmation in him and myself. And there are a bunch of other moms out there. One of them, my friend Debbie Brown, who is amazing. We have made it a point to practice like literal verbal affirmations with our children, especially our young boys of color. They show up in the world and are seen and maybe not necessarily Dakota. We don't know how he's going to be physically present. You know, he may lean. He's very ambiguous, but... I want to make sure that internally he feels value in himself. So I literally practice affirmations and, you know, he says, I'm beautiful. I'm smart. I'm amazing. I love my life. My mommy and my daddy love me. Like these are things that I want him to remember because even if you do something that's not necessarily the best thing to do in this moment, I still love you. So when he is frustrated or when he's having a moment, he now knows. I ask him, I'm just like, can I give you a hug? Do you need a hug? And he's every single time he's like, yeah, I need a hug. And we give each other hugs. And that alone, beyond talking about actual race and like how the world is going to potentially perceive him, is I feel 
really, really important because I know that your internal value of yourself is what is really going to set the tone for the way that you show up in the world. That's like the first thing. And then the second thing is I make sure that he is reading books and we're not seeing a lot of people, right? So I make sure that he's reading books that have boys in them that look like him. He has a book called Brown Boy Joy that he loves and it's like really cute. It's just like little black and brown boys like basically doing normal things and like they're happy you know and then when he gets a little bit older probably around four or five we'll start to have those bigger conversations with him it's not breaking a child's spirit to tell them what the world how the world is it's preparing them for moments that may be confusing and if we don't talk about it those systems perpetuate and I want to make sure that my son is righteous and that my son will stand up for a friend because it's most likely that he won't be the darkest kid in the room. Yeah. He's going to be with around darker kids. And I want to make sure that if something were to happen to them, he stands up for them. Or if someone's wearing glasses and they say you're four eyes, he stands up for them. Yeah. Or if someone has like a girl has like kind of frizzy hair like his mom does, <laughs> which is having pretty much any day, <laughs> um, then he says, don't make fun of her. You know, I want him to be an agent for change and kindness. And so, yeah, so we're starting with him. You know, we're starting internally right now. And one thing that we actually do is that we don't use the word bad to refer to anyone because people's experiences are circumstantial. And, you know, so many kids are brought up to say, oh, that's the bad guy. The robber is the bad guy. Maybe the robber needed that money for their family. Like, we don't know. You know what I mean? So we don't use those words. And it's not to say that I'm not teaching him to recognize what is dangerous. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to put good or bad labels on people because he's going to start to label his friends like that. And that's kind of how that bullying mentality starts. So there's little things that we're doing now to help him recognize how to um, navigate the world in a way that's emphatic, really. Like, that's it. Wow. Karen and I are here, like, nodding, like, saying, yeah, so so good. Beautifully (laughs) and eloquently said. I love the fact that you mentioned, like, even now at young age, you know, Dakota's almost three, how easy it could be for us mothers to bring up this inclusivity through storytelling. You know, I think it's very important. And maybe we're not doing that proactively. Like we're not going out and looking for books to have children that look like our children or... Most books are just white kids. Yeah. And that's just the reality of the world that we live in. And it is what it is, right? And that's what it is. So we do have to actively like go out and find things that are culturally relevant. Yes. And I'm thankful there's so many being written and they're beautiful books. Um, Over the summer, I got access to a lot of book lists of different books that were inclusive of black and brown babies, all different everyone together. I mean, you can share on the motherish account a lot of these lists. I ended up purchasing a lot of them. And then, I mean, I remember when I was pregnant, the whole book thing was like a big deal for me because I'm like, all right, I loved books growing up. And it's funny because people without any bad intention, they give you the most like traditional books that they've heard of before or that they grew up with or whatever. And like really, really none of those books are at the top of my cycle that I use with Victoria because I see them with a different lens now. I very intentionally sought out to get the entire collection of books from Little Libros from Patty Rodriguez because I wanted Victoria to hear stories, like culturally relevant stories for her. 
When something happens to your car, you might say, But what you really need to say is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, State Farm is there to help you file your claim right on the State Farm mobile app. So just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Aloha, mamá. ¿Dónde andas? <laughs> Seguro de compras. Tengo mucho que contarte. Hawaii es increíble. He estado de un lado a otro comunidad. Todos son súper talentosos. Ya reparamos otro helicóptero Blackhawk y oficialmente formamos nuestro equipo de fútbol. Para la próxima, te cuento cómo voy con el surf y me cuentas qué te pareció el podcast que te compartí. ¿Ok? Te quiero mucho. Be all you can be. Visitando goarmy.com diagonal español. Boost Mobile tiene una gran oferta para que aproveches tu reembolso de impuestos al máximo y te mantengas conectado. Al cambiarte a Boost, recibe un 50% de descuento en tu primer mes de datos ilimitados. O, con un plan ilimitado de 40 dólares, llévate un Samsung Galaxy A15 5G por $39.99. Obtén los mejores teléfonos en las redes 5G más grandes del país. Con Boost Mobile, cambiarse es fácil. Solo visita BoostMobile.com. Boost Mobile, sin miedo al éxito. Para clientes nuevos y solamente en línea, requiere Arobay. 50% de descuento en el primer mes requiere un plan de 25 dólares al mes. Aplican otras restricciones. Visita Boost Mobile. And it's funny, you know, this just happened to me the other day. Again, things that I never expected to be so conscious of. But like our nanny, she was playing with like a little puppet. And the puppet that my husband bought for her has like blonde hair and blue eyes. And my nanny was like, mira que bonita. She's so pretty. And I was like, mm, actually, <laughs> like allow me to step in here. Lots of different definitions of bonita. And I don't want her to already be associated because like, So early on, they we unintentionally, I guess, or like are so used to or programmed to say these certain things that end up being defining for them. Their brain is so, mm -hmm. such a sponge that they're like, okay, blonde and light eyes equals pretty. And then what is she going to do yeah. when she looks in the mirror? She's going to be like, okay, I have like crazy curly <laughs> hair. Like I don't have light eyes. Like what does this mean for me? But just trying to be very conscious of those things through literature and even, you know, the television that she watches. I mean, and it is important what Soyle said in terms of like waiting for a certain age to have a more serious conversation, right? So at this point, our babies are young, four is not even a year. Victoria's gonna be, oh my gosh, she's gonna be too I know, it's crazy. So they're still like in that baby stage where we're just trying to have them feel, I guess, pride. And you know, like when you gave me the book about Lima from Peru, like I love it, I read it to him all the time. But I guess at some point it becomes a more serious conversation. This is where I think we need to emphasize the fact that it's not just enough to be like, this is panic carriage, man. let's dress up like your country, let's celebrate yeah, no. this, let's eat some empanadas and you know, some yeah. ceviche. It gets to a point, like Soyla mentioned, where we're gonna have to sit down and tell them, listen, we are, you have a lot of privileges because maybe even though you are a brown child, perhaps you don't look like a brown child mm -hmm. because of your mix and your descendants here where you come from, but there's other children who are not gonna be as privileged as you are. I think that's kind of like the conversation where we have to prepare for, that I don't think I know one ever had with me. Yeah, and I think like something to note is this. If you talk to early childhood development, like teachers or early childhood psychology, children start to make brain synapses. Like by the age of one, they're kind of like already deciding what they like and what they don't like. And, you know, even visually showing them like 
little dolls that are different than them or, you know, that kind of represent the full spectrum of the world is one really, really smart and strong thing that you can do. It's not so much verbal. It's just like letting them see all the skin tones, letting them see you play with them, show love to them. Like I got Dakota a baby doll when he was like six months. He's had a little black baby doll. It's his baby doll. He's not into baby. He's into sea creatures, but she stays in his bed and it's his baby and she gives her a hug. So there's that. And then the other thing is like, I think a lot of people, especially non-black folks, they're afraid that if they point out differences, then they're actually behaving as a racist person. So often we find these thought process of like, we're all one. We don't see race in our household, right? I'm sure you've heard that conversation many times. And it's always very well-meaning. But I think that we should point out our differences because our differences are what make us who we are and they carry different bloodlines of struggle and joy. There's a reason why my skin is the way it is. I'm a descendant of a descendant of slaves, right? But their trauma isn't the only part of my story and it's not the only part of my bloodline. They're also people who were incredibly joyful. They were healers, they were musicians. On my mother's side, I actually come from witches on my mom's side in Germany. <laughs> like I'm all brujad out. I like to honor that side of me too. And I think that when we deny the differences that we actually physically carry, we're denying all the stuff that it comes with, right? And it's like, we want to celebrate that. Right. And that way our kids, when they're wild and crazy and kooky, like they're going to be proud of that. And they should be because that's who, what makes us who we are. And so I really do encourage parents to allow differences to stand out. Because if we assume that everything is the same or if we create these narratives where everyone is the same, when their child is different, that may cause trauma for them. It might hurt them. They may not feel comfortable coming out, literally sometimes coming out. You know, if your kid is gay and, and is LGBTQ, it's like we need to encourage our children to celebrate our differences. And it's so important. It's just so important. Zoila. Zoila, we could talk to you all afternoon. Honestly, <laughs> like, Zoila, you've got a way of just, like, delivering that I'm like, yeah. Yeah, you said you were I'm preaching. Just, like, <laughs> did you hear me? I was like, yeah, so good. So good. But, no, but it's important. And, like, we mentioned in the intro is how do we do it and when do we do it that we tend to struggle. But yeah. I think the important message in today's episode is that we definitely have to do it. We can just yeah. be oblivious to our differences and... And I think learning from each other. So even a conversation like this one, Zoila, I've known you for years. We have had different works things together and hung out together, yeah. yet we never sat down to have a conversation like this. And this is exactly no. as mothers, as people who are responsible for the next generation, this is what we need to do. Absolutely. And it makes us better. You know, I have my own blind spots. I have my own blind spots. And I think that we're all inherently a little blind to the things that we don't have to deal with daily. And yeah. I think that that's a good place also for us as parents to start. You know, I think a lot of folks are afraid to admit that maybe they messed up you know, or that they have blind spots. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of power. I know that you were at the clubhouse conversation, but there is a lot of power in parents identifying when they need to work through a challenge and then sharing that with their children. That shows them humility as well. Like, you know, they really do reflect our behavior 
Yep. You know, it's like you notice when you're all stressed out, your kid is stressed out too. When you're calm, your kid is calm. Yeah. yeah. It's the same thing when it comes to challenges, right? Like be the example that you want. Be the example for them. Show them how to be. The reality is, is we can't shape our children. They're not ours to shape as much as we'd like to. <laughs> To like tell them how to be. The reality is that they're here as their own people and we just are here to guide them to make the best decisions possible for their lives. And that's it. (laughs) So I just wanted to kind of hear from your perspective as a mom, I think with these times now, how do you feel things have changed for you? And how can, just curious, how to better support you? So I think that there's a lot of, been a lot of trauma on display you know, for a long time, but heightened, of course, with the events of 2020 with George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and just all the folks who have lost their lives or put their lives on the line, you know, for this fight. And there's a couple things I want people to remember that like the fight's not new and that people have been doing this work for a long time. And so if you want to support and be a part of the movement, like Look into the people that have been on the front lines for a long time and kind of follow their lead because that's what they're there for. They want to help you get involved. One of my favorite quotes, I can't remember who said this, but it's kind of along the lines of like, I don't care when you show up as long as you show up, right? And, you know, I know that there's been a lot of conflicting ideals about how people show up, especially on the internet. And it can be super polarizing. I'm not suggesting that you look away, but I do want to remind people that people are hurting right now. And so the things that they're going to say to non-Black people that are just showing up or like even like what's happening right now in the Asian community, there's a lot of hate crimes because people think that coronavirus is at fault by Asian people. People are angry. And so they may reflect that in various ways. And the anger is valid. But... Don't let that anger define a people, right? And don't let my race define me. Because the thing is, I want you to see it because like I said before, it's part of who I am, my skin color. And I'm a light-skinned black woman. Like I have a lot of privileges, you know, from how I was raised to my hair. So I don't want to be 100% defined by that. I am so many other things than this, you know? I like to sing in the shower and I'm actually quite good. (laughs) You know, I'm very creative. I'm a great mom and friend. You know, I like to surf. Remember that we are all varied folks with different hopes and dreams and hobbies and and our stories matter, right? Like take, for example, surfing. Like I'm just learning to surf now because obviously I grew up in New York City, but I've lived in L.A. for almost five years. And one of my goals here was to always learn to surf. But I was too afraid to get in the water as a surfer because you just don't see people like me. You don't see black women in the water. And what really pushed me to do it was this organization, Color the Water. And they work with, you know, BIPOC folks and they actually give them free surf lessons. I love that. And yeah, it's a really amazing organization. And my friend Jessa, who's in her 40s, just learned to surf because her son wanted to learn. He's seven, you know, and she's like a badass learning to surf she's the one that really pushes me she's like just do it just go like you got this you know and it's just I am now learning to surf but part of my story of how I even got here has a lot to do with you know what I look like and where I come from and so it's all part of the story for all of us even y'all like the way that you present in the world 
whether we like it or not, we love to say that it doesn't matter. But mm-hmm. like, you know, like Pamela, like your accent, I'm sure has scared you off from doing mm-hmm. some things at one point in your life. Like, that's just the truth. And, you know, when we say things like, you know, we're all one, esoterically, it's beautiful. But the reality is that our differences help us show up as our true selves. Yeah. And that's just, that's part of the story. And it's important to remember We don't define each other by how we show up in the world, but we have to remember that what we look like, where we come from, is a part of the fabric of how we show up in the world. And that's why we need to be empathetic with people because it's their story and you can't change someone's perspective. You believe that racism doesn't exist. That's your belief. And it might not exist for you. Right, right. Right? And congratulations, that's amazing. I would love to have that truth But that doesn't mean that it doesn't exist for someone else. And I want people to remember that, you know, and let black women be like, let them be joyful and not be angry. We're allowed to be angry and so are you. But no one's ever going to call you like an angry white woman. (laughs) Oh, it's an angry white woman or like. You know, it's like the spicy Latina thing. Like, don't call me spicy. Yeah. I mean, like, well, I have emotions. It's, it's definitely been a, it's been a weird time to be named Karen. That's for sure. Oh, um, God. Karen, that's right. It's been a very, very weird time. Um, You're like, not that kind. And on top of that, it's like my Instagram username. So the amount of like hate comments and DMs that I get on the daily are just, is very confusing. You're such an emphatic person. So thank God. But I hope that people leave you alone, you know. But again, like the anger is, the, the anger is often valid. And like, I want people to just. I don't know what it looks like for us to to come to a middle ground. But it's know? good that we're having these conversations. <laughs> exactly. I think this is a great step that we're taking, acknowledging all these realities and not pretending that they're not happening, right? Because right. I think that's that would be really, really irresponsible and dangerous, I think, yeah. for our children going forward. Totally. Absolutely. And leave Karen alone. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the crazy story is my name... My mom went to deliver me at the hospital and she did not have a name yet. I'm like, you had a lot of time to think about this. But she's like, girl, the problems that I had at the time were so monumental that like I wasn't thinking about it in a normal way. She knew nothing about what she was going in to do until she gave birth. But the midwife was a black British woman Mm. named Karen. And she said that the midwife was so incredible and helped her so much. My mom had no family here. She, it was just my dad. He was 24 years old, like very like, I don't know what to do here or whatever. But it was a British black woman named Karen. And my mom was like, she was so angelic and she was so helpful during her entire labor and delivery that she named me after her. And she said, it's such a, oh it's a beautiful God. name because you can say it in English and you can say it in Spanish and like, it's easy and no one's going to like butcher it. But yeah, so the irony that now in 2021 and 2020, the name was completely butchered, but the story behind it is actually very beautiful and stems from a black woman. Oh my goodness. That is a beautiful story. And you know, what's crazy. Another friend of mine who's Latina, she has a similar story. Her mother was a young mom or a young mother to be. And this woman helped her like she she taught her how to ride the bus, taught her all of these things This black woman from the neighborhood in Texas. And she named her after this woman. It's stories like this. That's why I storytell for a living, because 
I really believe that storytelling will save the world. That was a beautiful story. I'm like tearing up. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I always love to drop these little bombs in here. I'm like, here. <laughs> it's great. Um, I know. That's beautiful. Anyway, this was a beautiful conversation. Zoila, thank you again for being part of this and sharing so much with us. I actually am like obsessed with the fact that I've seen on Instagram some of your surfing content and like go you because I yeah I don't know if I would do that I'm terrified I love that but it's interesting just to close it off what Soya said about even stuff like a hobby Mm -hmm. that you probably not even conscious of the fact that you didn't dare to do it because you haven't seen anybody else that looks like you do it right like what an impact it has Mm -hmm. how limiting it is to not be able to see color in all these different simple things that we do I see Misty Copeland every time I see a because I danced ballet for a really long time and I was a figure skater too a competitive figure skater and I never saw Zoila how many lives have you had Zoila (laughs) a lot and apparently many before this one on earth but I see Misty and I cry often when I see her post because I just think if she was around when I was learning to dance, I may have continued and kept going and maybe I'd be at ABT. Representation does matter. Often it can feel like it's performative, but every little kid that sees themselves in someone else, that is a message. That's a brain synapsis telling them like, oh, you can do this. Let's keep it going, y'all. Yeah, Let's keep, keep it going. going. The representation. Thank you so much, Soila. <laughs> thank you so much you both for having me and I'll see you on the other side yes, yes. <laughs> thank you so much again for listening for more conversations like this one make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast for past episodes and if you like what you're hearing consider rating it and even sharing it with family and friends we would really appreciate it For more content from Motherish Moments and to connect with us, go to our Instagram page at Motherish or go to MotherishMoments.com. Hacer tequila Don Julio es como escribir una carta de amor a México. Beber tequila Don Julio es como declarar ese amor al mundo entero. Don Julio es el tequila de lujo original Hecho con la misma pasión que recorre las raíces de nuestro país. Porque si no es por amor, ¿para qué? Consume responsablemente. Don Julio Tequila, 40% alcohol por volumen 2020, importado por Diageo America's New York, New York. Boost Mobile tiene una gran oferta para que aproveches tu reembolso de impuestos al máximo y te mantengas conectado. Al cambiarte a Boost, recibe un 50% de descuento en tu primer mes de datos ilimitados. O, con un plan ilimitado de 40 dólares, llévate un Samsung Galaxy A15 5G por $39.99. Obtén los mejores teléfonos en las redes 5G más grandes del país. Con Boost Mobile, cambiarse es fácil. Solo visita BoostMobile.com. Boost Mobile, sin miedo al éxito. Para clientes nuevos y solamente en línea, requiere Aropay. 50% de descuento en el primer mes requiere un plan de 25 dólares al mes. Aplican otras restricciones. Visita BoostMobile. Para detalles. Cassandra Sánchez Navarro junto a Katherine Siachoque y Verónica Bravo en la nueva serie de comedia original de Biggs, Consuelo, disponible en la app de Biggs ya. Yeah. 